Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, a transformation podcast with Laura Lund, where I interview masters, seekers, and teachers in the quest for thriving, not just surviving. My guest today is Susie Shack. Susie founded Pure Yoga in Stillwater, Minnesota, voted the St. Croix Valley's best yoga studio for an entire decade. It was in this sacred space that she facilitated healing sessions, taught yoga, hosted yoga retreats, and sold her artwork. As a healer and yoga instructor, her attunement to vibration brings forward love, healing, and true transformation. Susie currently is offering in-person clairvoyant healing sessions at the beautiful Sattva Healing Arts in Minneapolis. For more information about Susie's offerings, please visit suzyshackyoga.com that's s-u-z-y s-c-h-a-a-k yoga.com hi Susie. hello how are you great welcome to the show thank you so much so tell us about your journey and how you came to do this body of work um, well, my intuitive um, gifts came in when I was a little girl, actually. Do you want to go back that far? Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I first recognized it, I remember that, um, strangely, the husbands on either side of my childhood home had passed away around the same time. And it was in the middle of winter, and I used to love to go outside at night. Um, and it was the eve of one of the neighbors. Um, it was like their visitation where the whole family was at their house, and he had passed away the day before. And I was laying in the snow looking at their house, and I saw this sparkling white light above the house, and I saw angels floating above the house. And I just remember thinking, this is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And there was just this sense of just pure love and calm um, that I was feeling. Um, and then I noticed it also above my other neighbor's house when they were in the same kind of process, that kind of visitation type of evening. Um, and so I just thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> and I didn't really think much else about it um, until Wait, how I, old are you? How old were you when that happened? I was probably like eight years old, maybe 10 at the oldest. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I first really noticed it. Um, and then as I went into my teen years, I started to receive um, messages. And the messages would always be directed to me. And it was more of like a, a masculine type of voice, but I was always addressed as my child. And I would just get this beautiful, beautiful wisdom that would come to me as a teenager. Um, and then the first image that I ever saw, again, I was a teenager and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and there was a young man um, sitting on my dresser, um, a vision of a young man sitting on my dresser. Um, and he had his chin on his fist and he was just watching me sleep. 
And one would think that would be just a really frightening, unnerving experience. But again, it was just kind of this calming presence. And I just looked at this image or this vision and this vision was watching me. And I went back to sleep. Um, and again, it didn't frighten me. It was just something really sweet, very, very calming. Um, Were there conversations in your house about, you know, angels and God and things of that nature? I was raised um, in a Catholic household. And so, you know, uh, it was a fairly religious household. And yeah, we spoke about angels all the time. And um, Mary and Jesus and and, um, Mary was a big part of our or my upbringing, um, the Divine Mother. But in terms of visions and in terms of any sort of intuitive gifts and that kind of thing, um, no, not at all. Um, However, my family, as things started to kind of unfold for me, they were really open to talking about it and learning more about it. Um, And I have to say my journey with my dad as he was walking through his journey of when I was an adult, um, he was really, really receptive to my healing gifts. And that I have to say is what really launched me into doing it as a career um, full time is uh, what I learned through the process of walking my dad through the dying process and the transition process and what I saw and, um, I learned how to read another person's soul because my dad lost his ability to speak um, so early on in his disease. And it was my job, or not my job, but it was um, uh, my shift was the night shift. So I would um, go and I would help put him to sleep. And my dad, like I said, he lost his ability to speak, but that didn't mean that he didn't try to talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, and, and he just, he was like, it was very sweet. My dad is just the kindest man ever, but, um, it was almost like putting a toddler to bed. He just didn't want to go to sleep when I was there. So I would crawl into his hospital bed and, um, he would chatter and I ended up just putting my hand on his heart and I could understand everything he was trying to communicate to me. And I would communicate back without using words. And you could see the look on his face that um, he would kind of grin at me and kind of shrug his shoulders like, I understand. And then slowly he would kind of drift off to sleep. So that is where I feel like I really understood um, my ability to hear and read people without having to say words. Um, so, well, that was your dad who you probably had a close relationship with. Is it easier to read somebody like that, that you're very close with than like you and I, like you did a reading for me mm-hmm. and we had never met before. And I think that I had a very profound reading, but I just wonder if it's easier to read, you know, some people versus others. Um. It's easier to read some people versus others, um, depending on if that person is open to receiving it or not. 
Um, mm-hmm. In terms of working with someone that I know really well versus someone that I've never met, yes, it's actually easier for me to do a reading on someone that I have not met. Um, and I think I shared with you when we went into our session together, I send up a prayer before every session, just asking my mind and ego to be pulled to the side so that I don't get involved at all. And right. I'm channeling through the whole session. When I know the person well, I find that my mind and my ego continually want to interject. And so it just takes more effort for me to say, all right, this is my mind coming in. And because I know this about you and I have to kind of hit a pause and redirect again versus someone that I don't know. um, I, I don't have any background on them. So there just isn't anything that ever steps in the way. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you had these get, did this, did anybody else in your family have these sort of gifts or conversations uh, in, in the similar way? I am adopted. So my um, adopted family, I would say no. Um, I have met my maternal side and my sister, um, my birth sister has these type of gifts, I think, to some extent, um, as in she's just, uh, she's very empathic and can kind of feel what people are experiencing. So, um, but we were not raised together and, um, I would say that my experience is probably different than what she has. Um, I receive impressions. Um, I receive images. I receive words. Um, I receive like, um, I can actually feel things in my own body when people are describing physical symptoms that they're having. I can feel where they are and um, kind of interpret that. Um, so I, yeah, that's how I would best describe what I'm receiving. And I'm not, um, I'm not exactly sure what my sister, how she processes the things that she does, but she's a therapist. And so she uses that quite a bit in her sessions too. Oh, sure. I just wondered if it kind of runs in families that it's comes at such a young early age like how is it different from intuition like we all have like the intuition we just need to use it to mm-hmm. to, to experience more of it so how how would you describe it compared to in your intuition um well my intuition is a a really big piece of it um because intuition to me is like that inner knowingness, you know, and it's kind of that divine wisdom that we all have that guides us. And um, I would say that I have just developed it in a, in a different way, as in I really spend the time. Um, I often tell people it's kind of like learning a new language, you know, and it's becoming fluent in a new language that's not spoken, but it's really Mm -hmm. listening to um, the prompts that you receive and 
um, I think a lot of people have these gifts and, and we get so distracted in our world that um, people don't listen to them or see them um, or they brush them off as something else. Well, or I think for me, like I, I remember in my twenties, I was always trying to get, you know, talk to the angels mm -hmm. <laughs> constantly trying. And finally, one of my, I took a Reiki training from uh, this woman, Gabrielle, I can't remember her last name, but finally she said to me, Laura, you know, you're not, you're expecting to hear from them in the usual way that people talk. And she's like, they're talking to you all the time. You're just not listening because it's not, you know, the kind of conversation you used to having, you know? So um, that was really helpful when she said that to me. Yeah. And, but, cause I think there are, like you said, there's many ways, right? Like you get a lot of visualizations and, um, so oftentimes now, so I do some of these sessions, uh, with my clients as well, mm -hmm. but, uh, oftentimes now I do get words that come through, mm -hmm. um, but it's a different, it's a different sort of, it's not my inner voice, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's another voice. It. <laughs> and it's really learning to, um, say, okay, that wasn't just a coincidence or that wasn't just my mind touching in here, there's something deeper here. And, and that's what I'm talking about. It, it takes time to just practice and listen and trust. I think that's a huge piece too, is trusting that inner wisdom, that divine wisdom, instead of passing it off as if it was nothing. Um, and you, I think people will find that it comes in more clearly the more you honor it and um, have a sense of trust around it. You know, I, I tell parents all the time, watch your children. And because angels visit them all the time and they have communication at night with loved ones that have passed on and the angelic realm. And it's just, it's trained out of us as children to um, not really pay much mind to it or, um, give much weight to what kids are saying. Or think it's more of a fantasy land, right? Yes. It's not really thought of as a real mess, divine message. It's more of a like imaginary message. Right. And it's always in that cute. That's so sweet. You know, what a nice dream you had. And, <laughs> and I can just see, you know, the, the guides and angels on the other side going, if <laughs> they would just continue to, um, you know, encourage and ask more questions and ask their children, why don't you draw me a picture about what you saw or, you know, write a story about what you heard um, because it shuts down unless you use it. It's like a muscle unless you're using it. Um, people tend to lose it and they don't trust it and believe in it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly trying to um, pull dreams out of my children and they 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 have trouble recalling you know they, they know they had a dream and they know how it made them feel but when you try to get anything yeah. more than that they have trouble really remembering I always advise my clients to have a journal next to their bed um, because mm -hmm. our dreams are a way of communicating and whether they seem to make any sense at all um, I like for me I write them down immediately upon waking, even if it's in the middle of the night, I'll go in the other room, turn the light on and write it all out. 
um, because there is such um, wisdom that comes forward, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, you oftentimes see like a pattern that goes from dream to dream or um, something you're experiencing that then shows up in the dream. Um, and I have them read their dreams back later and um, highlight, actually highlight some of the big pieces that stood out for them. Um, symbols come in a lot of times in dreams, you know, whether it's like animals, um, like a totem animal, just looking up the symbolism of the animal. Um, I just think that there's so much that we can dissect in dreams. Yes. In fact, for me, that's where my intuition started coming in is in my dreams yeah. for sure. And I had to learn about the symbolism because it, that for sure is its own language. So, um, you know, looking up what boats and water and spiders and all these exactly. things, meant, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and flying in dreams and, you know, all of those things, they all are, are expressing something to us. Um, mm -hmm. and again, it's, it's remembering it's a different language. And to me, it's a more profound and exact language than what we use with words. Our inner knowingness to me is so much more profound than any use of words. Hmm. So describe to us what it, what it is. So how, how your sessions work for, for the listeners. Um, so people book sessions for various reasons. Um, what I feel like I'm really good at is looking at um, where people are at emotionally and how that is translating. Um, if people are feeling stuck in their life, if they're having physical issues, if they are uh, managing grief, um, it usually it shows up in some sort of emotional content. So um, when you come in for a session, I do a little grounding and get everyone feeling safe and comfortable. Um, and then I, like I said, I, I send a little prayer up that my mind and ego step out of the way. And I begin just by asking spirit or divine wisdom, is there anything that they want to start with and express to the client that's there? Um, and, and then I'll just start asking questions and, um, and extracting some of these things. Um, and, and then the images start coming in and um, the words start coming in that help my clients unpack what is getting in the way of them finding more clarity or um, just moving forward and really, really expanding into this really joyful life. We, we figure out what's what's going on that that you're feeling stuck. Um, and what I find so often is when we can clear up the emotional piece, the physical piece follows. Um, and when we can like unpack the divine wisdom within it, um, there's just this beautiful sense of clarity that happens throughout the session. And it's usually one really good nugget <laughs> that that, you know, then kind of snowballs into the rest of it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I had a reading from mm -hmm. you just because 
I was curious mm -hmm. about what you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to try it. I didn't really have a reason. I didn't feel stuck or think I had any emotional thing. But uh, it was very profound what happened. Uh, what came to light was very, very profound. So I, I mean, I think anybody can benefit yes. from this work, whether they think they're stuck or not. Because I think we kind of some of us get stuck and we don't really know we're stuck or we might have some some little thing that we're not paying attention to that needs attention brought to it. That is needs to be brought out into light. So true. Um, and yeah, that's what I find a lot of times with my sessions is we'll be walking down a path and, and you know, kind of uncovering some things and. um people are very, very adaptable and they are very good at um, stuffing away trauma that's happened to them throughout their lives and not even considering that that might still be living in their body. And it's usually oftentimes like the last 20 minutes of the session, they'll say, oh, and then this happened to me. And it's, it's a really, really life-changing event. Um, that, that comes up and comes out and they didn't recognize how much space that was taking in their body, in their life um, and, and how it has redirected their path in a way that may or may not be serving them very well. So um, like I said, I just think people are very adaptable and when they are able to open up and kind of take a look at some things, um, it really does some beautiful healing and allows them to live even more full, fully, you know, in relationships and in their jobs and um, just expand on their journey a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Do you tie this work uh, together with your yoga? I do. <laughs> um, so I also am a yoga instructor and um I'm channeling the entire time I'm teaching the class, you know, my yoga classes or leading my teacher training programs. Um, I get readings the entire time that I'm, you know, leading a class. So I will guide my class based on what I'm hearing and feeling. Um, like, for example, um, people may need more grounding. You know, I'll walk into the class and recognize the energies like ping pong balls bouncing all over the place. And I'll have to create a container and pull everyone in. And um, so the way we're breathing through class will change and adjust. Or the postures, I may turn it up a little bit because people are um, too stuck and they need to do some movement and fluidity. Um, so I definitely cross over all of my healing and all of my intuition um, into my yoga classes as well. So wait now, are those classes online now? Are they, I mean, are they Zoom classes? Are they virtual or they're actually in a space? Um, right now I am offering a class on Friday mornings and my hope is this summer to be doing some outdoor classes. Um, I no longer have a studio space. And so I'm kind of recreating that. I'll be leading a teacher training as well um, that will be running this summer um, uh, into the fall. And so I have a space for that. But in terms of regular in-person classes, 
Um, that is a to be continued, but I'm, I'm looking at some, like some outdoor spaces to do some um, big pop-up classes or maybe a regular Friday morning class. Um, but now you're doing a regular Friday morning class that's on yes, Zoom? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So is it, is it harder to pick up the energy then when you're Zooming a class than when you're in a room full of people? It's different in that um, I'm using my own body wisdom. And oh, so sure. um, when I'm teaching a class via Zoom, my eyes are probably closed most of the time because I am reading what is out there and what is needed and what movement we need to go into versus when I'm in the classroom, I'm observing bodies and um, I'm probably doing both more so when I'm in the class because I'm observing bodies and I'm observing um, kind of a, um, I'm creating a container for everyone in there because people are coming in with so many different things. So there's a lot of physical observation and internal observation when I'm with someone in their presence. Um, and I would have to say Zoom actually is, it's like a master's program in in leading with intuition because I am tuning into people that are, you know, halfway across the country. Um, and mm-hmm. so, I find that a really, really fun challenge um, to read what they're needing. And, you know, it, energy travels anywhere. And so what it looks like to me is that I'm pulling together kind of into like a little web. And I'm pulling energy in from each person into a little web that creates this container for everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're you're just sensing what they need basically in your own in my own body Mm -hmm. in your own body yes yeah Yeah. which is what I do in the healing room you know I I like I said I oftentimes when people are having physical issues I can feel it in my body and I can recognize what adjustments need to be made Mm -hmm. I want to go back for a minute to the difference between like clairvoyance and intuition Mm -hmm. so uh so with clairvoyance it seems like you're drawing more um from angels guides beings versus intuition is like your own inner knowing is that it's all the same thing to me it all comes from spirit it all comes from source and it filters down through your own divine wisdom. To me, there's just no separation between the two. So are those words to you interchangeable? Mm-hmm. Clairvoyant and, and intuition are kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Clairvoyance. Um, so I, I'm clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient. So I get impressions, feelings, I get words, I receive images. So um, what's being communicated to me through a session, it, it's as if spirit is using the most efficient way for me to understand what they're trying to express. And when I say they, spirit filters it down oftentimes through a person's angels and guides or through their own divine wisdom. It just, I receive 
um, it, like, like a, an angel will step forward and the information will come through the angel or um, a guide will step forward. But it all to me is a collective consciousness that we can all understand and interpret in our own ways that comes through our divine wisdom. Um, and everyone's divine wisdom is going to speak a different language in terms of how you receive it. Does that, does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, because we all are going to hear it in different yes, ways. Exactly. So if we're more visual, we might get visions. And if we're more, um, you know, uh, feeling, we might feel mm -hmm. it in our body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. So do you, do you um, ever teach this work? That's what my teacher training, you know, it's a, it's a 200 hour yoga certification, you know, yoga teacher training and yoga study. Um, but what I always tell people when they're, you know, inquiring about going through the teacher training is yes, you will come out of here being a beautiful yoga instructor. If that's what you choose to do with it. Um, but so much of my training is about people remembering the essence of who they are through my healing work and figuring out how that um, information comes to them. And so, you know, we're doing meditation and we're doing journaling and we're doing chakra work and, um, you know, rebalancing. And um, I'm, I'm teaching people how to teach from their intuition and how to recognize their best way of recognizing it in their own body, both their spirit body and their physical body. Um, so yes, my teacher training programs are all about, um, you know, kind of awakening your own healer. And so oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I also <laughs> do, you know, like a weekend workshop called Awakening the Healer Within, um, which is just like oh. a little mini one. Um, and that too, it just gets you on your way of coming back to center again and just remembering your own beautiful divine self and how that beautiful divine wisdom gets communicated to you. So is it the Susie Shack method or did you have, like, who are your teachers? Who, where did the, was there a lineage that this work came from or is it kind of a mishmash of different teachings? You know, I and your own experience actually have not gone through anyone's training um, for that reason that I don't want to mess with what I what I'm doing. Um, I have worked with a healer for almost 20 years. But what this healer, um, he's a master at pranayama. And pranayama is what, you know, most yogis would call breath work. Um, but what it really is through the breath, you're bringing in divine light into the body, which is then um, realigning the body to source, to spirit, to God. Yes, this is the meditation. So if you go to Susie's website, there's a free, if you put your email in, there's a free meditation. And, and that's the one I just did this meditation. It was phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> that's what you're talking about is bringing that light. Yes. In. And so that's what working with this um, brilliant man has taught me is how to continually realign 
my life force, my light body to spirit. Um, and mm -hmm. so I am to the best of my ability remaining in alignment, which then allows all of these gifts to come forward in a more intense and powerful way. Well, that makes sense, perfect sense to me because it's all about vibration. Exactly. Right? You have to match your vibration. And if you don't, that's why most of us can't hear is because we're not of the right vibration. Yes, exactly. And the higher you can create your frequency, the, it, you know, I think of it like um, tapping in, you know, plugging your computer in. If you're not plugged in, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to receive it. Um, and so. Yeah, if you have the wrong yes. plug you can't get juice <laughs> yes and if you're not right? plugged in at all so yes my work with um yes with my healer has kept me continually growing into my own alignment and my higher frequency um but i do not do the same type of healing work that he does um he's a brilliant healer um but i work on more of an emotional plane with people and he does more of um, um, realigning. It ends up manifesting more in a physical fashion for people. He, he realigns and regrids people into alignment so that their physical body um, cooperates better and, and shows up in a healthier fashion, which then, you know, overlaps into everything else in your life. And so I am in more of conversation during my sessions while I am also channeling light. Um, so yeah, just different methods. And I think walking people into the same path, but just very different methods about how we approach it. Yeah. So going back to the vibration, do you think that things that you eat uh, or don't eat or um, do you think that it helps? Do you think that it, that it matters what we eat as far as our, our vibration goes? Oh, yes, like, I really do. What sort of things do you eat? And what do you, do you think there's things, like if you have a lot of sugar, alcohol, caffeine, do you think that that blocks yes. the things from coming yes. through? And I just remember from, um, <laughs> my daughter actually told me this the other day. My daughter's vegan now. And um, she said, I remember growing up, you always used to say, you know, when we would choose to eat vegetables um, and things that were fresh, um, I used to always say, oh, your body's going to be so excited. It recognizes what you're eating. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> it has a vibration to it and um, beautiful fruits and vegetables. And, and, you know, if you are a meat eater, um, knowing the source of where your meat and your poultry, that those animals have had, have lived a happy life and um, have transitioned in a peaceful way. I think all of that makes a really, really big difference because again, it's all vibration and you're taking that vibration into the body. And when it's processed food, your body doesn't have any idea what, what it is and it'll process it for the calories, but it won't process it for the vibration. Yeah, the more the closer we are to the the earth or the nat you know, the nature of food, right? The not we want to be closer to nature basically. Agreed. And you know, I didn't start out this way. I mean, I was raised I'm a child of the 70s and processed food was just, you know, hitting the market. So yeah, I grew up on Oreo cookies and et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't until like I said, I was kind of um awakening to what 
these gifts are that I recognize, wow, that it really does make a difference what you're putting into your body um, and how your body's going to vibrate when it receives it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you had, so let's just say, you, so definitely you think like, do you think caffeine interferes or alcohol? I do. That doesn't mean that I don't partake once in a while. <laughs> so, you know, I'll have coffee mm-hmm. um, and I'll have a glass of wine. Uh, but I do know that overindulging in any of it um, absolutely shifts my ability. Well, you know, because my physical body doesn't feel as good. And so. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah. The water. And when my physical yeah. body, you know, isn't feeling good. And my vibration is all about putting myself back into alignment instead of maintaining this higher vibration and continuing to build from there. So, you know, I'm of the school of everything in moderation for the most part, not everything, everything, but, um, you know, if you. Everything in moderation, including moderation. That's what my friend Christine always says. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, you know, I feel like if, if you, want to have a little bit of sugar, you should enjoy that. And then tell your body, this is just really fun. And, um, but I think everybody knows when they've overindulged, you know, their mood shifts and that is communicated again to the physical body. I overindulged. I don't feel very good about it. And it brings your vibration down. So, but if you can have that piece of chocolate cake and be excited about it, Cake is my jam. I love cake. Then I say, you know, <laughs> I say have your piece of cake we, and enjoy it and be joyful about it. Um, yeah. And, yep. and let that be that. We lucky for me, I, we have a huge family. So somebody always has a birthday. <laughs> so <laughs> I partake in cake for sure. I, I think that that is okay. You know what I'm saying, I guess, in the end is. <laughs> Is it bringing you joy? Because again, we all know when we've overindulged, we don't feel great anymore. And to do that occasionally, fine. You know, I, I just feel like, again, everything in moderation. Um, but when it's a, a daily thing, when you are feeling like, I don't feel good about what I just did, that translates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for you, this has really been kind of a solo journey. I mean, you speak of this one teacher who works differently from you, but it sounds like it's kind of been a discovering and, you know, your own kind of processing for the most part. Yes. And I, that's one thing when I'm teaching that I try to express very clearly is I want you to find your way and your journey and not mimic what I'm telling you, because you'll end up getting frustrated. It's not going to show up the same way for you. So these are, um, um, I try to kind of teach a foundation of what I do to get myself in a place for receiving that everyone can do, but then be open to how your gifts show up because they will be different than what they look like for me. Mm -hmm. And and I think yoga is, you know, remembering who mm-hmm. we are. That's what we, that's why we do yoga is to remember who well, we are. And <laughs> right. when I was talking about breathing, you know, pranayama, breath work, 
um, vinyasa yoga, you know, yoga in general, that's what makes it such a beautiful gift. It, it's, it's breath work through the entire um, experience and you're bringing in the light and you're breathing it into your body. And it's just one of the most profound and beautiful things that I get to witness in the healing room and in the yoga room is when people synchronize they're breathing together and they're recognizing we are of one vibration. Um, it's just magical. It's absolutely magical to see that. And um, mm -hmm. I think I shared with you when we did our session, what it looks like when people are breathing, what, what breath looks like is a spectrum of light that moves into their body and it encapsulates every single cell in your body because breath is light light is vibration of god which is love so you are living and breathing love in love out and yeah and when i did that meditation with that uh the mm -hmm. free one on your website i felt every one of my cells just vibrating like i could yeah. i could feel uh the vibration that's it was why amazing I always tell people you can heal your own body, you know, uh, and, and I'm not um, disrespecting Western medicine in any way, because I feel like it absolutely plays its part. But when someone gives you a diagnosis and tells you, you have cancer and you have this long to live, you have a choice to accept that belief, or you can recognize that your body and your connection to spirit has the ability to heal anything and everything, no matter if it's physical, emotional, you know, whatever it is, your body has the ability to heal. Well, and part of it, don't you think too, that like, we all have a path and some of us, that is our yeah. path. So, um, sometimes we're not like mm -hmm. your dad, ALS, like sometimes we aren't meant to heal, right? It's just, part of our path absolutely agreed because I remember thinking and, and that is one of the things too with with being a healer is not getting in the way of someone's journey um you know like for my dad I I could have worked on him and worked on him and worked on him because I had an issue with letting him go um but his journey was that this was the way he was leaving this earth was through ALS. And I knew that early on that I need to allow that journey and, and just bring him light and love as he's walking through it, but not get in the way of that path. And I've witnessed mm -hmm. that with many, many people. Yeah. And I do think having that energy work when you're dying is, um, is profound. I mean, it's really helpful. I think it's very profound in mm -hmm. reducing pain and just being more comfortable and having more dignity. It truly, this experience with my dad is the most profound experience of my entire life. And I remember when I was walking through it thinking how hard it was, um, but it was just so incredibly beautiful. Um, that's why I really, you know, he was in hospice at the end and, and everyone around him was in the same situation that was, that was in this facility. 
And it's really, um, I look at it like you are helping someone, you're like a labor coach and you are um, laboring them to the other side again. You are with them and walking mm -hmm. them through to the other side. And it's just, it is, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it, yeah, we don't, people say we we come into the earth alone and we die alone but we don't really come into the earth alone we come in with our mother right we come in well, and, and put on the on the mama's belly and we breathe together right mm -hmm. so it's nice yeah. to have somebody breathing with you on your way out as well well and there's a whole sea of guides and angels and spirit on the other side either ushering you in or being there to receive you on your way out. And um, when people are in the last stages of their life, you know, that's what I thought was so beautiful too. My dad was able to kind of cross over and come back and cross over and come back. And you could see when he was communicating because he would just get this look of bliss on his face. Um, and he would, you know, be mouthing words to people spirits mm -hmm. and you just knew that there were angels just waiting to receive him and just you know it's the process of labor of you know when you come into this world you're leaving the other side when you leave this world you're going to the other side it's just it's on a human experience it's difficult on a spiritual experience it's profound mm-hmm mm -hmm. So how can uh, people get in touch with you and learn more about your work? And I would love, love, love to um, just chat with people. They can certainly go to my website. Um, it's suzyshockyoga.com and it's S-U-Z-Y-S-C-H-A-A-K yoga.com. And um, you can certainly reach out to me directly as well. And it's just Susie at susieshockyoga.com if you want to shoot me an email. Um, but the website, there's plenty of ways to, you know, just communicate and drop me a note too. Um, because I, you know, I just would love to hear from you. Yes. And in any case, get the meditation. Get the meditation. You can also, I've got a YouTube channel. Um, so if you want to practice yoga with me. Um, I have a YouTube channel, and that is on the website as well. Um, if you go to the yoga tab, you can click on that and take a class with me. Um, and there's uh, information about my teacher training. And um, I also am an artist. So there's some of my artwork there. Yeah, I saw that. And there was something beautiful. I wanted to um, read about that. Let me see. I'm going to find it quick here. <laughs> it says, um, Susie doesn't just paint on canvas. She allows divin divinely inspired images to come to life through her. Each brushstroke is a prayer. Each pigment choice, an offering. Every swoosh and swirl, a blessing. The resulting print or original canvas is infused with energy healing. Patrons say they can literally feel the energetic resonance that radiates waves of love, light, and positive intention through their homes and offices. So that's a remarkable statement. <laughs> <laughs> that you can actually feel the energy of the, of the vibration of the painting. 
Well, that is one way I think that I first started seeing energy was that it came off of trees. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. When I look at trees, I can see the vibration when I, you know, when I look at plants and so that is most of my subject matter is. Um, and you can see it in natural paintings life. too. Like you can see kind of their vibration, right? And mm -hmm. especially you've mm -hmm. got the one tree that looks like it, you can see its aura, but even the plants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just am really in awe of nature. And um, that's another way of receiving a healing session from me is doing a forest walk. Um, I have my in-person um, sessions at Sattva, which I absolutely love. And I also do forest walks. Um, because I believe that being out in the trees, it's just absolute pure love out there. Just pure vibration. So um I love to, I love to do the sessions either way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see all of that on the website. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much, Susie, for spending this time and sharing about what you do. And um, I think that it's so great to have you in my office as a light worker. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much for having me this was really really fun I really appreciate it and you do such beautiful work so you gave me one of the best massages and facials I've ever had in my life thank so you. I would highly recommend yeah you're very intuitive with your touch thanks just really amazing thank you okay thanks so much have a beautiful